0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. I don't know what to do anymore. Honestly, I have no clue. This Flyers team sucks. It's ridiculous. Their D zone is so bad. How many times do I have to sit in front of this damn microphone and scream about how pathetic their D-zone is? Prosser should not be playing. And quite frankly, I'm pissed off at Elaine Vigneault. This is noticeable. This is obvious. This should have been done however many games ago with Nate Prosser. Nate Prosser is because you have no other option. When you have zero options, you are forced to play Nate Prosser. The fact that I am here begging for Shane Gostisbehere to actually be in the lineup because the defense is that much worse with Nate Prosser tells you exactly what you need to know about him being inserted into the lineup. He was an embarrassment tonight, turning the puck over all the time. They had three goals, three goals generated off of his terrible decision-making. He is a trash Defenseman. Now, I'm not claiming that Shane Goss' bear is much better in the D zone because he can have those nights where he is a disaster and he is a mess. But it's night and day. That is really showing you how pathetic Nate Prosser really is. It really is. That's telling you how bad of a defenseman Nate Prosser is when he's on the ice. I can't believe it. That was awful. You're going to fall behind that quickly? against this team, this well-oiled machine, when it comes to playing with the lead, when it comes to playing structurally and so sound with their system, good luck. There's no shot in hell that you are going to come back from that type of game. There's just no way. What you had to result in was Oscar Lindblom dropping the mitts. Shame on this team. Honestly, shame on this team that you are even in the position To force someone like Oscar Lindblom to have to fight. First ever fight. There's no reason for him to ever have to do it. Now, I respect that. I'm not a big old school guy. I'm not a big, hey, drop the mitts type of guy. I think there's a role for it here and there once in a blue moon. And this was that circumstance. There are very limited reasons why I think, hey, you should send a message. And right there, right then and there, that's big. And it actually resulted in a goal. Joel Faraby comes down on a two-on-one and he rips it for a nice bingo to make the score. What, What was it at that point? Three? It was after three brutal goals allowed. There was something there, but it died out as I expected it to. Come on. Apparently, and the broadcast alluded to this, but we didn't get to see it. Jim Jackson and Keith Joe mentioned it. Claude Giroux was disgusted, and he clearly showed his frustration after the Islanders scored that goal before Elaine Vigneault called the timeout. This is what this team is. Win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss, 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 win, loss, win, loss. That's what this team has become at this point. And the problem is people are using Sean Couturier not being in the lineup as an excuse. And if you are missing your top center, your number one center, a silky winner, that is going to be monstrous to the production that you get out of your forwards. There's no denying it. But one, we've seen with Sean Couturier in the lineup, this team get annihilated, allow seven goals in a period, allow teams to destroy them. So with and without Sean Couturier, this has been a problem. So there's no way that I'm only going to blame this on, hey, you lost your starting center in a in a uh, unique way before the game even started, a late scratch to the point where you had to throw Michael raffle in there, there's no way I'm using that as an excuse. This is embarrassing. It really is. And, and the fact that you lose Sean Couturier, okay, once again, I'm acknowledging how big that is. It shouldn't be to the point of insane disaster and you look like you're a, a junior B team. In the NHL, what Nate Prosser was doing, passing the puck, tape to tape, tape to tape, he's behind the net, and he's literally trying to make an outlet pass, and it goes directly on the Islanders' tape, and Carter Hart gets beat two inches away from the crease. Then, inside his own blue line, here he is trying to make a, I don't know, make a play, or the the ice was bad, I don't care, that's not an excuse, the ice is bad, you do this when the ice is good! Once again, not an excuse. And here goes the Islanders going the other way. And I thought Carter Hart should have had the, the, the save where Sezekis ends up scoring a goal glove side once again. And I'm a guy who likes Carter Hart. This doesn't mean that I'm anti-Carter Hart forever. But can we stop pretending like the glove side's not a problem? High, low, middle. It doesn't matter where. Glove side Carter Hart is such a problem for him at the moment and it's killing this team all layers of this team have a problem it starts with the coach because I think his decision making on who's playing and the scratches and healthy scratches and who's in the lineup that's been a joke and I know he's looking for answers and uh, the alternative you're right the alternative isn't going to fly Shane Goss' pair might get entered into the lineup and he could be dash three so it's obvious that all of your options at defense are Seem to not be working. You don't have millions of answers and solutions, but Nate Prosser is your worst option, and you constantly throw him out there. I don't get Gust of in a lineup over Ghost. They're the same style of player, one is better than the other. And to go back to this, The fact that I'm saying Shane Gostespierre is better than Eric Gustafson tells you exactly how bad Eric Gustafson really is. This isn't to praise Shane Gostespierre by any means. This isn't to say that he's not going to make mistakes because he's going to make plenty of mistakes. Gustafson sucks. That much. He is so bad. He gets beat in the D zone. He has no clue where he's going. The D zone coverage is terrible. He gets beat from the corner to the front of the net almost every single game. So AV, it starts with AV and the poor lineup. And then it goes to the forwards in the D zone not helping out and losing their D zone coverage as well. And then the defense is clearly allowing opponents to get to the net and get to the high slot area easily and to be wide open in soft areas on the ice. And your goaltending's not sharp enough. So it's every single layer of this team. No, no reason why, obviously, obviously, the reason why they're getting beat is because the whole damn team, it's like Jason Kelsey, when you win the Super Bowl. It's the whole damn team! That's how I feel about the Flyers right now. You're not getting enough from every element of the squad. And unfortunately, I don't think this is going to change. This might be it. I think reality has set in where you're going to have those good games. And I credited what they did against the Islanders last game. They competed for 50 minutes very hard. 10 minutes was a bit of a mess, and they allowed the Islanders to come back down 3 and tie it up, but... They squeaked it out because of Oscar Lindblom, who scored his second of the night late in the third period to win 4-3. I was like, okay, there's something to that. You lose 9-0, you have to win the next game. Must win. And they did. And you follow it up with just getting crushed. All these easy goals. Uh, the, The first one I would say is unfortunate. Block shot on the penalty kill. I believe it was Oscar Lindblom who blocked the shot, and everyone's scrambling. The puck shoots open to an Islander, and bang, they score with a wide open net. But that's doing the right thing and having bad puck luck. Now, Eberle scores his second, the second goal for the Islanders, and you're just losing puck battles. You're losing physicality battles. You're getting worked inside your zone. In front of the net, there's a big scramble. The puck is loose. It pops out to Eberle, and he buries it with a wide-open net, but you got to be able to win your puck battles and get the puck out of the slot. Get the puck out of that dirty area. That's a high-scoring chance. Get the puck, win your puck battles, win your battle, throw it into the corner. Just throw it into your own corner, and then go establish another battle. Go win that battle in the corner. Get to loose pucks first. You're getting manhandled in front of Carter Hart, You can't have that happen. And then all the turnovers occur. How many turnovers were there? 73? 96? 68? It's ridiculous. Over 20. Obviously, I'm being a jerk-off and throwing out insanely high numbers, but over 20 turnovers. Please, let me know how you think you're going to be able to be beneficial, how how you're going to be able to win. How is that beneficial to your team when you are constantly putting the puck on the other team's stick in high scoring chance spots on the ice? Oh man, it makes me freak out. It really does. Hart's turning the puck over behind the net. Let's not pretend like that doesn't matter. I don't care what the damn score is. He's had problems with not only the glove side, but he's not the best playing the puck either. That is something that he struggles with at times. We all remember talking about it last year when we saw Carey Price be efficient and effective playing the puck, helping out to break out when, when the Flyers would dump it in and try and establish their forecheck. Carey Price, who's arguably the best to ever do it here. Let's not act as if that doesn't matter. Of course it does. Carey Price is unreal, but he would stop the forecheck. He would stop the Flyers from doing what they wanted to do because he'd go out, he'd play the puck, he'd move it to the wing. Or he'd play the puck and he'd move it to the defenseman. The defenseman would break everybody out and then here would come the Canadians the other way. Well, Carter Hart's turning the puck over the slide. It's so hard to fathom that they are this bad. Monday at 7, they get a chance to win this three-game series against the Islanders? I'll ask a very similar question that I asked after that 9-0 beatdown against the Rangers. If the Flyers end up winning this series and taking game three in this three-game regular season set, does that change anything about how you feel? Uh, I guess at this point, the, the answer will probably be no, because of the way that it looks, there's a difference between le- losing three to two tonight without Sean Couturier and losing four to three, and this. This is to the point where it's un- unacceptable. You're not even involved in games. You look defeated halfway through the game. The way and the, the the speed of these goals, too. And I'm not talking about the velocity of the shots. I'm talking about how quickly the opponent scores. They score within minutes of each other. Sometimes they score within seconds of each other. And it's not even to the point now where it's, okay, once the Flyers score, they're allowing another goal instantly. It's when the other team scores, they're allowing a goal instantly. Y- you can't. How are you not extremely focused and dialed in the shift after a goal? You should be focused for every damn shift, but it happens. You're gonna allow goals. You don't have a shutout every single night. So when you do allow the goal, how is is your team not insanely ready to kill the momentum, to get puck steep, to establish a forecheck, to maybe counter on a on a rush and get an odd man rush, jump up into the play, get a good scoring chance to calm yourself down a bit and say, All right, it's all right, fellas. Look. Let's go. Let's keep attacking. We just had a grade A scoring chance off of the shift after a goal. Let's see if we can tie this thing up quickly. How come they never tie it up quickly? When the Flyers score, what happens? They get abused and they get scored on the other way. How come a team doesn't score on you and then within seconds you score to tie it back up? This team is allowing way too many goals. And I saw Jordan Hall of NBC Sports Philadelphia tweet this out after the game. He actually has some fantastic stats. He's always throwing great stats out there, but uh, I'll read it verbatim here. The Flyers are allowing the NHL's second most goals per game at 3.55. Only the Senators are allowing more at 3.91. So arguably one of the worst teams in the NHL, although they're competitive and they have some nice wins under their belt, they're nowhere close to being good in this league. And you are one step ahead of the worst team in hockey when it comes to allowing the most goals. To put it in perspective of what it was last year, they were allowing 2.66 per game through 29 games last season. And that was such a strong point for them. They would limit the opponent's possible scoring chances. They would keep them to the outside. They were so structurally sound in that D zone and they pounced. They pounced offensively based off of what they generated in that turnover transition game. And it's just not the case at all this season. It's the complete opposite and and here's some of the quotes that you're hearing from this locker room that you've heard so many times. And once you hear the same words, the same quotes, the same message over and over and over again and nothing's being changed, you know that realistically, nothing is going to change. It doesn't seem like right at the beginning we had a lot of energy. Oh, okay. So let me get this straight. Uh, You are playing the Islanders. You are having such a tough stretch. You're coming off of a nice win. No energy. Hmm. Can I have answers, please? How do you have no energy? (sighs) You have stinkers. I'm allowing teams to have stinkers. When you look at squads that win the Stanley Cup, go back and look at their regular season. There's going to be a bunch of losses in that category. There's going to be tough losses, nights that you should win. But at this point, it's different with this Flyers team. You're, you're getting... killed, right? You're getting killed in a, in a terrible way consistently. Once in a blue moon, different. Every other night, well, hold on a second. The panic button should be hit. Hit hard. Non-stop. Panic, 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 panic. Oh, it didn't seem like we had a lot of energy in the beginning. Oh, all right. I should be okay with that. That should satisfy me as a fan that I've heard that too many times this season. If I could, I would have fixed it already. That, that's from Elaine Vigneault. And I think that I get where he's coming from. There's not a lot of fixes. Honestly, there's no fixes. There's no fixes on this roster. But also, there is a better option than what you're putting out there at the same time. I think Ghost being scratched for as many games in a row, considering what has happened to this point, is brutal. 17 goals since Shane Goss' bear has been scratched is how many goals this team has allowed. Seventeen goals. They allowed six tonight. They allowed three the other night, which would be. Wait, what? How many did they? They allowed. How many do they allow tonight? Six to one. Yeah, they lost six. They allowed three which is nine, and then they lost nine nothing to the. Uh, to the Rangers, so I'm not the the best math person in the world, but I, I guess that's. Eighteen. Did I say seventeen? I, I guess it's eighteen. Uh, But regardless, it doesn't matter which one it is, it's bad. That's that's reality of the situation. But what is good, well, that's easy. DraftKings Sportsbook. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know that there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. There has been so much great basketball within the first two days. The first round is now over, and we've seen some magnificent upsets. We've missed it. We've missed it big time. We missed it all last season. But finally, we got that sense of of real March Madness back, and it was outrageous. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code BROADS when you sign up for all the fantastic odds, boosts, and promotions throughout this weekend's tournament. That's code BROATS. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. In partnership with Metters Racetrack and Casino, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Can't believe Oscar Lindblom had to drop the mitts like that. When it gets to that point, you got to be looking yourself in the mirror. If you're on that bench, someone else has to step up, to be honest with you. The fact that it got to the point where he needed to be the one to do it, shame on everybody else because everybody else should have been able to drop those mitts and make a statement. If I'm on the Islanders, though, I don't even see the reason why. Why would you fight? I always go through this with people that demand the Flyers to fight when they're getting their asses kicked. If I'm on the other team, I'm not fighting. We are waxing your ass. Why would I give the Flyers any sort of momentum? And that's what the Islanders did, and the Flyers actually had a bit of urgency there, and they scored. I'd be looking... Yo! What the hell are you doing? You're fighting Oscar Lindblom? What's that getting accomplished? You know exactly what Oscar Lindblom is looking for. He's looking to spark the team. He's not looking to punch in the face. What, you think it's a matchup that you could exploit? Well, one, you didn't really. It's not like any punches were really landed. What are you doing? Sometimes, I don't think that's the case now, but sometimes there's this respect. Like, hey, I'll fight you now because I know your team needs it, but if my team needs it down the road when we see each other again, you better pay up the favor. There is this respect of it of, hey, I need it tonight, but if I'm ever going to need it in another night, you better repay me and, and hit me up. But I don't think that's the case with Oscar Lindblom. That's my point. Someone else should have done it, for sure. And, and don't start screaming captain or anything like that. Cause no, there's other guys that could have done it instead of Giroux. I watched the Canadians the other night, and uh, Shabbat ended up dropping the mitch. What ended up happening? Well, here goes his hand, and he's out for a significant amount of time because he's trying to throw some punches, and he breaks his hand, or there's some damage to his hand. Yeah, guess what? I don't want that out of Claude Drew. you got to make sure you're smart about things. Uh, but somebody, somebody else is my point, should have been able to, to get it accomplished. So um, let's get to the Anytime Hotline and hear the reactions after tonight. 6-1, whew, this trend is no-braino. Whoops, I guess the smart thing to do would be to turn up my volume. Let's start this again. I just want to know one thing: how is Matt? How does Matt Miskin in retiring? How has that affected this team that much? Because if you really think about it, like it's not like Matt Miskin was this guy who was like the stalwart in team for a long time. No, he played one year. In fact, he played for rivals. He played for the Capitals and the Penguins for much of his career. These guys. Should be used to this guy as the enemy from now on. Like I'm guessing, like he must have been this great locker room guy, or must have been this common presence, or whatever. Because the difference between this team, at least defensively, this year and last year, is staggering. And I don't think just losing one guy, who's only on the team for one year, should should be the biggest reason for that. It shouldn't be. You're right. There's no doubt about it. It shouldn't be the difference. And. he does have a calming presence in the locker room and winning Stanley Cups. And there is something to be said about a glue guy that Matt Niskanen was. And when times got tough, he was someone that you could rely on with with a message, with a voice. He did a lot of things internally for the room that is being lost right now. And you don't have that same power. Uh, but I do agree with you that one guy shouldn't be this way. And I just wonder, for as much as we stress, well, Matt Niskanen last year and Matt Niskanen last year. And this team at Matt Niskanen was different. Who knows? Maybe he would have been here, and guess what? They still would have been a joke. It's possible, because this forward group, I don't think, is uh, playing at the same strengths with four lines. You could have rolled four lines last year, and I don't think the difference was straight up Tyler Pitlick, right? (laughs) Like, Tyler Pitlick wasn't the difference in this team being able to roll four or not, but this team isn't able to roll four lines the same way. Why is that? So, Maybe we think because we don't know what it would have been like with Matt Niskanen here, but it's a possibility that Matt Niskanen here, this team still would have been the same team that we are seeing now. Maybe not to the same extreme, but maybe they weren't the same as they were last year because it's obvious that something has happened more than just Matt Niskanen not being in the lineup. So for as much as we stress, hey, the difference is on that decor is one player it's very possible that that one player could have been in uniform for this season and you still could have had Nate Prosser making mistakes, Shane Bear making mistakes, Sanheim and Myers being minus five in one game. Actually, they finished minus six in that game, but they were minus five before the halfway mark. All that, all of that still could have been in play for sure. So, oh, it's painful. It's painful. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, that one might have been the one for me to um, that game might have been the one that kind of carried me from holding on to this little hope like this weird little hope that I had that maybe we can make the playoffs. like I don't know it's really hard for me to see them making the playoffs at this point I had a little bit of juice after the the last Islanders win but I don't know man it's fucking tough to see I'm in the same exact boat as you. I was holding on, and I said, look, look at the division. Look at the teams, the Penguins, and the Bruins are falling a bit. You can't do a damn thing with this. You can't. And even when they were winning games, if you go back and listen to some of the pods that I was doing about the Flyers when they were winning games early on, I was freaking out because I was so stunned that they were winning. You can't win with this defense. You can't win with this decor. You can't win with this limited shot opportunities. You're scoring goals, but there's no way this is sustainable. So they were winning all these games, but it didn't make sense. No one could wrap their head around it, but you would take it because starting the season out with wins is significantly better than starting the season out with a bunch of losses. Oh, whoop de damn dude, what a genius statement, bros. I know. Thank you very much. Everyone was questioning, what is happening? This doesn't make any logical sense when you know the game and study how teams win. This isn't it. This is not a recipe for success, but they kept doing it. Eventually, it would come back to bite them, and now we're seeing it. I was holding on. I I was holding on, but at this point, it's pretty clear that this is going to constantly happen. I had that little bit of hope that beating the Islanders after the 9 nothing ass whooping, after that wooden spoon hits your ass. You know, your grandmother used to take out the wooden spoon or, or your mom put soap in your mouth when you said bad things when you were little. <laughs> you could never get away with that now. But the amount of soap I had in my mouth and the amount of wooden spoon taps on my ass were outrageous. And you would think after that happened to the Flyers and you come back and win. Regardless of blowing the 3-0 lead, you came back and won, and you dominated that Islanders team for 50 minutes. 50 minutes you dominated them, and you look damn good, too. For you to come out, this is what this team is going to be. You're going to get sucked in when they win a game, and it's like, hey, why can't they do that more often? And then you're going to see them fall apart like this. And the defining word is inconsistent. And when you're inconsistent to this level of extreme, uh, you're really not a playoff team. Unfortunately. That was embarrassing. I mean, come on, man. Apparently, so if you, if you didn't hear, there was 24 turnovers. 24 turnovers. 20 of them were giveaways. Now, I understand the bad ice. Not the ice of the Nassau color season kind of sucks a lot. But ridiculous. Prosser sucks defensively. I you need to suck in general. It's looking like this team is it's looking like it's over. Oh no doubt. It does feel that way and I honestly thought I was playing the same call because the caller before started out with And then I hit the next call and it goes and I'm like, "Wow, all right, I accidentally hit the wrong one, but that just shows you the the feeling right now and the temperature on where this fan base is. Uh, no real juice. It might even get to the point where if this is something you see for three, four games in a row, do they become unwatchable? Because this is unwatchable hockey, right? At this point, we continue to check in and we continue to throw them on our TV because... Well, they do give you that good outing, and then they give you this. And they do give you that good outing, and then they give you this. But if they do become a team that gives you this more than they do uh, the other side of things, and they don't give you that game that makes you hold on for hope, I wonder if we're going to get to the territory of they're not even involved. And and I said this after the game against the Islanders for Game 1 when they won 4-3. I said... I don't think that this win means you snap your fingers and this team's fixing their issues. There's no fixing these issues with this team. There's too many of them, and you'd have to make four trades for that to happen. You have a decent amount of holes here that need to be fixed. That's reality of the situation. But all I ask for is you to stay competitive. Stay involved in the conversation. Just be in that fifth seed where it's, hey, do they have a chance to make the fourth seed? Give us some fake optimism. Or give us some fake hope. Just stay into it. But if the Rangers get in front of you, if you fall to six, or if you fall to seven, is that, one, a possibility? And two, if that does, whew, talk about losing the pulse that you had with this fan base and with this city after the season that went down last year. That That would truly be devastating. Broads, just watch the first period. You know, (laughs) I'm beginning to think that maybe uh, Vigneault is tanking for someone. Maybe there's a top draft choice that they're trying to to bottom out for because whatever defense he's rolling out, it's awful. It's terrible. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're thinking. But uh, uh, hopefully this is a reverse jinx that they come back and win, but it's not looking good. Yeah, I like that. I like the the in-game call sometimes because there are times where people do call the anytime hotline first, period, freaking out, and the Flyers come back and win, or the Sixers are down after half at the halftime, and the Sixers come back for an explosive third quarter, and I always find it funny uh, when I just hit the random calls and that ends up playing, and it's like, huh, ha-ha, maybe you should wait till the end, but You, my friend, you were right on this one. They did not come back and win. And I'm with you with AV. He's definitely making decisions that I'm questioning. At the same time, it goes back to... It would be different if Nick Lindstrom's being scratched right now. I don't support his thought process at this moment. And I think it needs to be changed. With that being said, I think this team loses with Ghost in the lineup. So I don't get it. But at the same time, I I don't think the fix is on the bench. I just think your selection is not going to be as bad. Ghost isn't as bad as Prosser. Prosser blows. Ghost sucks. I guess there's a difference. Blows is worse than sucks. So, Nate Prosser blows. Shouldn't even be in the NHL. Ghost is... Sixth defenseman, seventh defenseman in that range. Sixth defenseman, if your team's structured well and he could be like this power play specialist for you, has that role. Prosser shouldn't even be out there. You still lose if Ghost is now on your top pairing or, you know, he's in your top four or whatever. And, oh, man, it's just um, phew, dreadful. It It's dreadful. What's not dreadful, though, is DeSimone Jewelers. I went there for my fiancé's engagement ring, and I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, you have to do the same. Whether it's an engagement ring, a necklace for Christmas, birthday gifts, Valentine's Day, you name it, Mother's Day, DeSimone Jewelers is the place to go. They're a family-owned business with over 40 years of experience, and they moved from Jewelers Row to Haddonfield, New Jersey. They do not use sale tactics. They sit you down, and they explain to you— why the diamond that you're choosing is fantastic, and, and maybe they steer you in another direction, go, hey, maybe this will fit you, maybe this is what you're looking at, they show you options, they teach you all about it, it's an awesome experience, and they treat you like family, that's the most important thing for me, I'll never go anywhere again, because when I went in there, and I started talking to them, and, and telling them what I was thinking about, it was instant connection, and it was perfect, they customize and manufacture every ring they make from start to finish on location, and because of that, they're able to become competitors prices I sent so many family members in their direction and I always get the same response broach unbelievable yeah I know I told you and you'll know exactly what I mean when you go in there and say broach sent me more information is down below in the description uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode tonight